2: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
3: Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Mini Crush... Noel, running late edition. <laughs> That's every edition. That's not true. <laughs> oh, Noel, come on! You're Be one of those ten minutes late guys. It's well, all right. Look, in the morning it's different.
3: Okay, <laughs> I, this is. I always record on a day where I have my kid, and it's a little bit tricky sometimes to navigate the pitfalls of single fatherhood.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that where we're going? That's where we're going. I'm going to post that picture on That's the movie crush page. Why? Because <laughs> you have your fucking sunglasses. I on know. Still. It's true. <laughs> it's true. I do. How you doing,
3: besides uh, frazzled? I'm a little frazzled. (laughs) Uh, I'll tell you, I've been listening a lot to um, this Purple Mountains record. Have you heard this? Have I heard it? Have you
0: heard it? No. I got an advance copy of that from the man himself. What? R.I.P. No shit. God. Yeah, we we should... uh, We're talking about the the late David Berman. Yeah. Uh, One of my idols...
3: I didn't know his stuff very well at all. I'd always heard the name and knew he'd struggled with addiction and depression and stuff. But I didn't really know his music. I knew the Silver Jews, but I heard this record. Well, that is his music. Yeah, exactly. He I, was the Silver for Jews. For sure, for sure. But I heard this record uh right before you know he he passed and you know took his own life and uh it really it spoke to me in a, in a really intense way, and apparently yeah. a lot of people had that relationship with his music and his very confessional but like sarcastic and super witty lyrics and this one 's no exception but when you when you think about it after the fact, it really does listen like a goodbye like a goodbye yeah and it's it 's heavy but it 's a wonderful wonderful album
0: yeah David Berman was the uh lead singer in a uh, songwriter for the Silver Jews, one of my favorite bands, which was kind of started off as a pavement side project. Uh, Bob Nastanovich and Stephen Malkmus have worked with him on the Jews over the years. And then uh, he went away for a while. And in the interim, uh, Bob Nastanovich put me in touch with Dave Berman because I was trying to get him on Movie Crush. And I have two emails from the man that uh, I treasure now in a big, big way because he's one of my heroes. I have yeah. his book of poetry and uh, he he died a couple of weeks ago, and it was very very sad. Big bummer, really really is.
3: Um, I mean, I don't want to get too heavy here at the top of the show, but my my father actually took his own life, and so I sort of uh, can relate in a way, sure, of like, uh, knowing somebody but not really knowing somebody, yeah. and kind of. You know, finding out after the fact what they were really going through, that maybe it's hard for someone to even fully share that much of themselves with anybody, you know?
0: That's right. And that is a lesson in uh, kindness and gratitude. And you never know what is going on behind closed doors, everybody. So be your best self and be kind to one another. Uh, It's tough out there for a lot of people and they don't often show that face publicly. So... And the FCC has actually proposed um, a three-digit
3: number for the suicide prevention hotline. It hasn't passed yet, uh, but that's something because this is you know this is an important thing. If you if you feel like someone is in trouble um, and you want to report it, you should be able to do it without having to look up an eight hundred number. But right now, the number is. Right now the number is one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five, but look for new legislation that might replace that with a with Man, an easier to remember. That would be Quick great. Dial. Yeah, drill it sure. into
0: people's brains like nine one one was, mm-hmm. and uh, that might save some lives. It's true, that would be great. All right, Noel, we're going to move on to happier times. Yeah, because this is a movie crushers episode, uh, which I do every now and then, where I uh, troll the movie crushers page. Not troll it. That makes. Like Troll I'm, it. trawl it, right? be a fisherman dick. of ideas. <laughs> I'm trawl the Movie Crushers page for just fun stuff. And uh, it's usually like social studies stuff, but this time I found a couple of fun things via the Movie Crushers that I had not seen before. And have you seen this Batman AI script yet? No, but that, I love it already. I've seen some AI scripts. So what happened was, and this was, uh, I can't remember who on the Movie Crushers posted this first. But a few people have at this point. Uh, This is a writer, a comedian and writer named Keaton Patty, who uh, evidently – and I really hope this is true and not just a big fake. But evidently the story goes is he forced an AI bot to watch over 1,000 hours of Batman movies and then asked it to write a Batman movie of its own and he published the first page. And I'm going to read that first page and all because it's great. Would well, you want should we split it up? Is it is it multiple characters? Uh yeah, I mean there's a, a Joker and Alfred and Batman.
3: Okay, so this How about s- I'll
0: be Batman yeah, and you be everyone else? Okay, sure. And I'll read the stage directions. Great. Does perfect. that sound good? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Interior traditional Batcave.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Love it already. <laughs> it's already funny.
0: <laughs> Batman stands next to his Batmobile and uses his Batcomputer. He's sometimes Bruce Wayne, sometimes Batman, all times orphan. (laughs) I'm so glad you haven't seen this yet. All right. Batman speaks. This is now a safe city. I have punched a penguin into prison. (laughs) Alfred, Batman's loyal battler, carries a tray of goth ham. Eat a dinner, Mattress Wayne. (laughs) An explosion explodes. The Joker and Two Face enter the cave. Joker is a clown but insane. Two Face is a man but attorney. <laughs> Batman speaks. No, it is Two Face and One Face. They hate me for being a bat. Batman throws Alfred at Two Face. Two Face flips Alfred like a coin. Alfred lands head up, heads up, which means Two Face goes home. Batman speaks. It is just you and I, the Joker. Bat versus clown. Moral enemies. I am such a freak. Society is bad. You drink water, I drink anarchy. (laughs) That's the line of the script. I drink anarchy. Batman speaks. I drink bats just like a bat would. Batman looks around for his parents, but they are still dead. This makes him have anger. He fires a bat rocket. The Joker deflects it with his sixth sense of humor, a clownly power. I have never followed a rule. That is my rule. Do you follow? I don't. Alfred, give birth to Robin. <laughs> Alfred begins the process, since it is his job. The Joker now has a present in his hand. He juggles it over to Batman. Happy Bat Day, Birthman! <laughs> Batman opens the present since he's a good guy. It contains a coupon for new parents but is expired. This is a Joker joke. That's the cruelest Joker (laughs) joke of all. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Please
3: let that be true. There's an Olive Garden commercial that was generated very similarly that was out on Twitter a year or so ago. God, I'd like to see that. It's great um all of these are great it is a thing i don't know how it works exactly like the stage directions is the part that throws me yeah or the whole thing like how did how, i don't how, that's <laughs> it's so cool a coupon
0: for new parents but oh. it is expired but it is ex- oh zing <laughs> oh boy that's great oh you know what i do have who posted that thank you to jonathan mcgrath uh mcgrath the old pal which is wonderful the oldest of old pals so I have, needed
3: that, Chuck, <laughs> after that Berman record, man. Wow. Yeah. That gave me joy.
0: Um, that's amazing. It's so funny. <laughs> so next up we have uh, from Kristen Satterley uh, Pomazel is what I'm going to say. There's a lot of syllables in a row there, so I'm so going to f- make one of them silent. Very whimsical last name. That's a great name. I love it. Uh, she posted something that she found online, which was a Buffalo Bill Tinder profile. Which was great. Yikes. Have you seen this? No. It's got his picture, first of all. Amazing. And it's sort of the shot of him uh, when he's uh, just casually leaning in the doorway when she pays a visit. Oh, yeah. Classic Bill pose. Uh, Bill, 33 years old, 91 miles away. I like curvy girls. I have a dog. Her name is precious. She's my world. Yep. (laughs) My hobbies include midnight strolls, collecting insects. (laughs) Kind of nerdy, but it's what I'm into. Making my own clothing and dancing when nobody's looking. Oh, (laughs) He does dance like nobody's looking. Dry skin is a deal breaker. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I love Bath and Body Works for the sole reason that their lotion comes in a basket. (laughs) I date me. Oh, that's funny. That's the last line. And then shout out to uh, Luke uh, Harkle Road. In the comments for immediately posting, I'd date me so hard. I would date the shit out of me. <laughs> I didn't realize the Buffalo Bill was supposed to be 33. In my mind,
3: he's older than that. I don't know why. Well,
0: that might have been a guess. But could be. Looking back. Uh, Seems about right, actually. Maybe. I mean, he always seemed in his 40s to me. That's what I'm saying. Yeah,
3: yeah. And he still does. It's hard for me, though, like age stuff. Like. Kurt Cobain was twenty-seven or whatever, and I look back now at him. And I think think of the Beatles for for example. Like I think of them as being these like genius luminaries. They were done I, by were, I, the time they were thirty. Crazy. Yeah. I'm thirty-six. It makes me feel like I've accomplished nothing.
0: Yeah, I don't go down that road. No, mole. I know <laughs> it's, it's a it's a hard road to hoe. I just learned yesterday that Marlon Brando was a year younger than me when he starred in The Godfather. yeah, oh. they aged him out. You yeah. know, yeah, to yeah. to senior citizen. Sure, sure, but still, good God. Yeah. Uh, All right, Noel, now we're going to move on to uh, Linnea Barnett, who posted a really good social studies uh, that I'm surprised I had never thought of before. And it is this. She says, "Okay, what are your movie? No ways. Like when you know a specific theme, scene or a shot is used and you refuse to watch it or have to leave the room. Uh, For her, it is eye stuff and dogs dying.
3: yeah. I know any kind of animal death is a real trigger for a lot needle of people. Needle stuff has
0: always been tough for me. Don't care for needle stuff. It's not so much the needle
3: as it is the tourniquet. You know when they wrap the rubber band around and they Tourniquets make... Tourniquets bother you. They, they bother me. Interesting. Is that, that's very specific, isn't it? Sure. They also, all are. I but... also, uh, I don't like cutting. I don't like cuts.
0: Yeah. I cuts. don't mind
3: hacks, like a whole, like a clean arm cut. That's fine with me. But like a scalpel cut or like okay. a close-up of someone getting sliced. What about a stab? It freaks me out.
0: Stabs don't bother me either. So just a slice. A slice. That's interesting. So yeah. like a Blood brother scene would freak you out. Yeah, I don't care for that. Mm. Definitely don't like a wrist cut. Does that mean we'll uh, – well, sure. There's a scene
3: in uh, one of the John Wick movies where there's a very uh, out-of-the-blue wrist slice. Yes. And I was not expecting it, and yes. I started – I walked away. I started pacing around the room
0: <laughs> as I, I I walked away. Yeah, needle stuff gets me – of course, any dog or kid stuff now. Um, the, the I remember very distinctly the Pulp Fiction uh, adrenaline shot to the heart – just and you know Tarantino ratches uh ratchets up the tension so well in that scene it's hard to sit through if you're if you're a needle phobe mm-hmm. and i'm still a needle phobe i've gotten good about it now at the doctor but it used to really really be an issue
3: that one's a tough one too cuz it's like a stab from on high through like the breastbone yes. right yes yes so that's the that's a that's it's a different very
0: tough creature altogether yeah i will say that the needles these days are different from the needles when I was a kid when yeah, I yeah, developed yeah. my phobia. Uh-huh. They've just gotten tinier and tinier, which is great. It's true. How are you about uh, getting blood drawn? I, I'm fine. Yeah. I, I mean, it's one of those things where I've gotten over my needle phobia yeah. to the extent where I can do it, and I'm like, you know, I, I'm gripping the uh, arms of the ch- chair. I look away, too. I look I've, away. See, I have to look. Yeah, oh, you I, have to look? I can, I can, yeah, I cannot be surprised wow. by the needle. Okay. I've got to see that shit. Yeah, I look away.
3: Interesting. And I always prepare the the kind uh, nurse or technician uh, for my phobia and let them know. I do, too. I'm probably going to start hyperventilating a little oh, bit. Oh, wow. So don't, don't don't freak out. Not hyperventilating. I just kind of breathe a little heavy. Sure. Preparing for it. The anticipation, <laughs> you know, kind of is killing me.
0: Yeah, I had a bad one last. Uh, I had a physical a few weeks ago. And good news, everyone. I'm doing great. I just need to lose weight. Yeah, same. The doctor was like, dude, your labs are fine. Just lose some fucking yep. weight. Same. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's up to you. I like, have uh, a very frank doctor, which should, I appreciate. We should jog together, Chuck. But, uh, ugh, I hate jogging. <laughs> we'll right. do something else. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> uh, but where was I going with that? Yeah, so I- uh, Deal breaker. I had you know, a bad yeah, yeah, yeah. blood drawing experience because she couldn't find the vein. Oh. She was rooting around in there, Ooh. and it's like, that. it actually started to, it was painful. Yeah. It wasn't like freaking me out. It hurt. Right. And she was very apologetic. Very kind uh, person of that course. was doing this. I've luckily never had that. Yeah. So I was just like, can you just repoke? Yeah. I would rather that than the dig. Right. What is the dig? The dig is, is the needles in your arm and she's moving it around looking oh! for the mane. What? <laughs> oh, no. No. No thank you, sir or madam. All right. Enough of that. Mm-hmm. We we're triggering so many people. Seriously. All apologies.
1: It's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. If you use
2: paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a paper Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian.
4: This is Amy Brown from 4 Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen.
0: Uh, we'll start off with Sarah Stapleton. Uh, I don't even watch a movie about a dog because the dog always dies. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, Margarita Saramago says, I stuff for real. I wanted to watch Brightburn, but they showed the eye scene in the trailer, and I knew to avoid it.
3: Oh, What's the, what? I don't know the eye scene.
0: Brightburn's sort of a superhero horror movie. It looks pretty cool. I haven't seen it. My friend Annie is in it. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you heard anything about it? Nope. There, okay. I haven't seen it either. It I need out. to see it. Uh our old pal debbie Frangadakis, great name mm-hmm. uh she says the same eyes and dogs, really it's like that's 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 the that's the duo. There's a lot of dogs in here. Yeah. here you go, Noel Brian uh Schlackman says slitting throats, yeah, I don't care for that. I'm not a big fan of that either. It doesn't make me run out of theater, but I will clinch, yeah, my butthole, yes, for sure, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't care for that. Did I just say butthole you did. Is that a movie crush first? <laughs> I think so. I love it. is such a great word. It's so much better than asshole. I, uh, I mean, asshole is what you call someone, right. but you don't refer to your own no, body part as an asshole. I don't think so. It's a butthole. No, it's a butthole. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, Ruth Carroll uh, Tuhei says, teeth and any animals. Yeah, teeth is a, obviously with my fake teeth. i very much triggered by tooth stuff.
3: There's a, there's a little short Japanese thing. It's called Haze, I think is what it's called. And it's sort of like basically like takes place in a, t- a type of hell. And there's a scene where this guy's navigating through this hellscape. And there's one part where he has to cross this really narrow bridge against a wall with his teeth clenched over an iron pipe. And, oh, he, and as, God, as he no moves way. side to side, the sound effects of his teeth grinding on this pipe uh, will, will make your butthole
0: clench. Ugh. Couldn't do it. It's bad times. Uh, old pal Sarah Lundeberg says, Anything to the bottom of the feet. Uh, she mentions the scene in Die Hard. It was too much for her. The glass, probably. He's
3: yeah, barefoot and he's. Uh, She's I mean,
0: Finsta. Yeah, right. Shoot like, the glass exactly. Uh, Minal Data says uh, sexual assault. Of course, sure. Uh, message to the industry: stop depicting it graphically, and stop using it as a plot device. Yeah, I hear you. See, I don't know about that. About, I mean, if you're, if it, as a plot device,
3: what do you mean? What if that's like the whole character arc? What if that's the point? What if that's, like, part of the story? Are you saying you shouldn't depict sexual assault ever because it's off-limits? Like, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm not i am not going to speak for her. No, I'm no, I'm, I'm asking – I'm speaking for the industry or just sure. for, like, you know, storytelling in general. So, you know, what are you going to do? I, I don't know. Like, I, I understand, like, a lot of people had a problem with Game of Thrones because it had some problematic depictions of sexual violence. I get that. It depends on the context for sure. Because they didn't have to do it the way they did. Right. Um, but I think to say – Let's not use this ever at all as a plot device to me is sort of like, I don't know, brushing something under the rug that could be exposed in an interesting way. Right. You know? I hear it could, you. could be discussed in an interesting way. Anyway, I don't know.
0: It is certainly uh, something people could debate. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Uh, Nicole Parks, old pal, says animals dying or shots of an IV drug use. Yeah. Spiking up in a heroin scene. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's partially needle. Yeah. And for, again, for me, it's that
3: tourniquet, baby. I don't like it. <laughs> you get that thing. Make it oh, make that's it got a, a
0: tourniquet and a needle. A usually. tourniquet and a
3: needle because it makes the vein pop. Yeah. And that's like, I don't know, the pressure of that and then the idea of like sticking the needle into like a very popped out vein. Yeah. And like in Pulp Fiction, when you see him suck the blood into the syringe. Yeah, that was a great And then shot. shoot it out, you yeah. know, like that's, that's how you do it, I think.
0: Yeah. He very romantically – uh I think he handles that in a romantic way almost in Pulp Fiction. This is maybe a little problematic. He sexes it up a little bit.
3: He does. You're right.
0: Interesting. Uh, Lauren Feeney is also on board. She says sexual violence is the only thing that's made me turn off a movie. I certainly get that, everybody. Uh, Lisa Paluzzi, dog or kid deaths just can't do it. Uh, Also have a really hard time watching characters that are racist. And even more specifically, characters that are the victims of racism. Yeah, that gets me more than... I mean the racist stuff, I can kind of block out. But seeing someone, really, kind of any victim, oh yeah, uh, not just racism, but bullying and stuff like that. Sure, man, I have a makes hard time. You mad with that. makes me really mad. Yeah, so mad, Noel. Yeah. Uh, Dodger Phillips says domestic violence for comic effect, uh, See, like War of the Roses or Mr. and Mrs. Smith.
3: I think that is problematic
0: for comic effect. I have a problem with that. I, I, I think. Oh, I love War of the Roses so much. I haven't seen that. I mean, it's a dark comedy about uh, a husband and wife that get divorced and it just gets so ugly that, right. you know, they're battling each other physically at the end. Got it. Uh, it's never serious, but but he doesn't like it.
3: That's I fair. It. No, I get it. And I'm not saying any, any anybody's wrong. I'm just talking about, like, where is the line? Where should the line be drawn? Is there a line, you know, in terms of, like, what can or can't or should or shouldn't be depicted?
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, and we'll finish out here with Lauren Barnes W. Uh, she mentions the eyes, but then she also says uh, sexual violence, especially abuse against children, obnoxious sex scenes, close-up gore, blood gushing, slapstick humor. She said <laughs> all of this has gotten worse for me as I've gotten older. Yeah, taste can change over the years. That's true. Especially when you have a kid. That's, I mean, I can, I can get through anything. I'm not one of those that will turn a movie off. Right. But that shit will bother me and stick with me. And I I don't mind that. Like, I'm one of those people that can... I think it's okay for a movie to upset you. And that's part of the experience for me sometimes
3: absolutely like especially like, like think about a movie like american history x yeah i don't think you could, anyone would argue that Dude, it's a that, bad movie that it's tooth a,
0: scene may be the well, worst well, thing well, that's I've got ever seen. it's got
3: the teeth yeah it's got the racism it's got
0: the victims of racism that was a tough film
3: that's a very tough film but
0: it's i think
3: now more than ever yeah. a pretty important film yeah a pretty prescient film I mean that that stuff is very real and they depict it in a very yeah. frank
0: and real way well here's the great thing about movies everybody is uh if you don't like that stuff don't watch it I think it's okay for me to get upset by a movie, but I certainly get that people don't want to be upset by movies at all. 100%. You know, it's That's a very your prerogative. personal thing.
3: I mean, that's why I think it's important to know what you're getting yourself into before you, you watch something, if you're that kind of person. Because you don't want to be, you know, y- you don't want to, like, trigger yourself and have a bad time. Right. Know? Totally agree. Totally agree.
0: All right, Noel, we're going to finish up this week with uh, a quick stream this. I've been watching a couple of new shows that I would like to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, to are you watching The Boys? No, I've heard it's good, though. It's great. Cool. What is it on? Is that Amazon? It's on Amazon. All right. Mm-hmm. The Boys is an Amazon Prime show, and uh, it is it depicts a very realistic sort of take on superheroes. Uh, wherein superheroes are just part of the fabric of the country and they are uh, uh, depicted in realistic ways with all their faults mm-hmm. and they are not always great people. Yeah. It is for adults, the it, show is. It makes me the, – the, the setup makes me think of Watchmen. Yeah.
3: Just in terms of like let's discuss what a world with real superheroes would be like. For
0: sure. Uh, that is – that is a fair comparison, mm. absolutely. And
3: don't they have like endorsements
0: and things like that? And yeah, they're yeah. they're superheroes uh, uh, in in every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. You know, they make a lot of money. They're rich. They're sponsored. Um, there's a corporation that sort of runs the whole thing, uh, and that's a big part of the show. It's got Elizabeth Shue in it mm-hmm. as plays sort of mm-hmm. the, I guess, I guess she's like the CEO of the corporation uh, and main handler of the superheroes. But it's just really great. And uh, what do you like most about it? Like, is it just the acting? The writing's good. Writing's great. The writing is really, really great, and it's uh, it's a cool concept. Uh, The acting is really good, and it doesn't. I don't know. It it always surprises me. I think that's the deal. It doesn't go where I expect it to go. Cool. And the people don't always uh, behave predictably, which I like. That's great. I've been meaning to check it out. I I definitely you you would definitely Mm -hmm. like it. Uh, And the other show, Noel, that I've been watching is Shrill. A.D. Bryant's show. Uh, A.D. Bryant from Saturday Night Live. Oh, no, I don't even, I'm don't. i so not up on the current Saturday Night Live. Uh, if you look her up, you'd probably recognize her. She's the best. Um, just listen to her Mark Maron episode. I've long been a fan of A.D. Bryant. I hope we're related. <laughs> I hope to have her on Movie Crush one day to talk about whether or not we're related, although she's from Phoenix. Uh, if she was from the Southeast, there might be a chance. But um, she's wonderful. I, I kind of loosely know her husband, uh, Connor O'Malley, but... Um, She's great. It's a show on Hulu, and uh, she is a plus-size woman who makes a show about a plus-size woman. And it's, uh, let me see here who the uh, who the writer was. Here it is. It's uh, Lindy West, and the book was Shrill, Colin, Notes from a Loud Woman, uh, written by Lindy West. And so what A.D. Bryan has done is adapted that book, but also brought her own life experience as a plus-size woman into the show. And it's I mean it's very easy to say like uh that's what the show's about but it's really about a woman living life. Nice. It's that simple. Nice. And it's it's people remark on the fact that she's uh that she's overweight because you don't see shows like this. It should be unremarkable and it should just be a show about a woman. Yeah. But because she's overweight and that's part of the show because it's part of her life that becomes sort of the descriptor for it. Well, and it's
3: interesting because I think we're living in such a, a you know, a, such a problematic time in so many levels, but also such an interesting time where body positivity is much more yeah. of a of a mainstream thing, uh-huh. and it this is a great example. Yeah. And I think in general, like people are encouraged to. Be who they are, and I think right. there's a lot less body shaming going on in the main. You know, yeah. like even my kid, like she's really into this artist, Billie Eilish, who is wears these baggy clothes and has this kind of like interesting style. But a big part of why she does that is because she doesn't want to be over sexualized by the media. Right. So she wears these kind of baggy clothes so you can't actually see your body. Right. So a lot of kids are like influenced by that as opposed to like a midriff you know, crop top Britney Spears kind of situation. Yep. So she's not, she doesn't feel body shamed at all. Right. Or feel, you know, and my kid's a little, she's a, she's a bigger kid, you know, yeah. and she's perfectly happy with yeah. her body type and doesn't great, feel man. shamed at all. It's Same great. Things
0: are changing for yeah. the better. And, uh, and part of the show too is just the uh, the steady diet you're fed growing up in, as people like our age and A.D. Bryant's age of how you should look and how it was not like this at all. And everywhere you look, and especially, I mean, it's true for everyone, but especially for women, um, there's so much shame involved because all you see around you are those Britney Spears midriff videos. Mm -hmm. And you're taught that that is beauty and there are no other options. Right. This is the ideal. Yeah. It's cool. But there is more than one ideal. There absolutely is. And this is another great example of a show that, uh, you know, we're getting to see these stories now that we were cheated out of for so long. Because she is the, you know, writing and directing. Well, I don't think she's directing, but uh, writing the show, starting in the show, show running uh, essentially, and producing the show, and it's just great. Yeah. So much heart, so much humor. It's so fucking funny, and she's so adorable and uh, lovable. Like I want to be her friend. <laughs> I uh, in, yeah no I, everybody I get it. wants to be 80 bridesmaid.
3: I can't I can't wait to see it. I have finally gotten into watching uh, season one of Fleabag, and I think it's one of the oh, smartest good. things I've ever seen in my life. Right? I think it's so funny, so approachable, so real, uh, and just absolutely hilarious and yeah. also like really dark and awkward, but not in a way that makes it's in a way that makes you want to keep watching as yeah. opposed to like, make you like all like cringy or sque- yeah. squeamish or whatever. I think for it's sure. fantastic. I love it so much.
0: Yeah. And the, the, another kind of uh, through line for this uh, shrill show is shrill show is her. Uh, and this is, I think where her autobiography or the autobiographical element comes in is how much she wants to please people and how little she is willing to accept back from people because she just wants to fit in and be and make people happy. And she talked about that in her own experience on the Mark Miran episode, which I highly recommend. Um, very relatable to the human condition, I think, uh, for, for all kinds of people. So hats off to you, A.D. Bryant. Love your show. It's a tight six episodes, which I love. And uh, I believe it's already been picked up for a season two. Uh, and I can't wait for that. So keep on killing it, and please come on my show. You're the best. I hope she's listening. Me too. (laughs) Someone tag her. Please. Tell her Chuck Bryant's gushing. Her cousin. Uh, All right, Noel, I think we're going to wrap this one up. It's a little bit of a shorty, but uh, we have scheduling issues today. So we're going to move on to part two coming up right after this. I'm ready.
3: For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit,